And we're live. So welcome everybody to yet another live interview with Become a Fearless Father. And today, Andrew, Chris, brothers, thank you so much for hopping on. Really appreciate that. Absolutely, man. Let's go have some fun for the next 45 minutes or so. Talking about <laughs> tons and tons of stuff, man. I checked you out a little bit. Uh, first of all, man, because uh, we were talking and you just mentioned like uh, you just started the full verse of being an entrepreneurial dad and, you know, working on your own business, making it go kaboom. <laughs> I'm trying to make so, it go kaboom. Yes. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So share with us, man, um, because I get a lot of fathers reaching out as well that are working nine to five and they see it and they're like, oh, this is so amazing. I want to be an entrepreneurial dad as well. I'm like, right. man. Might not be for you. So can you share with us, first of all, a little bit, what, what have been the challenges that you've run into so far that you weren't aware of before you started out on this journey? Right. I, I think, you know, when I started becoming this, I like we call it a dadpreneur. I like that mm -hmm. term. Um, you know, I, I, I've had some great ideas. I've been working on it throughout my professional career for a while. I've wanted to kind of branch into my own stuff. And so I was like, all right, this is going to be awesome. I got to become a stay-at-home dad a couple months ago. And I was like, all right, I've got to launch it now. This is the chance. It is really hard to stay on it. Like, it is such a roller coaster ride. One day you're like, look at that. I got a thousand looks on Facebook. Yes. And then the next day, nobody looks at anything. And you're like, oh, what happened? Like, this is such good information. Why does nobody want to look at it? <laughs> So right. I think getting used to that roller coaster ride and recognizing that's just part of the journey rather than an indicator of whether you're doing a good job or not, especially at the beginning. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when I started out with these live interviews and I had some cool people. I'm like, wow, I got this guy on. It's going to be amazing. And it was like and half an hour, nobody. <laughs> that thing just kept standing on zero. I was like, God, what's going yeah. on? So I definitely understand where that's coming from. That. <laughs> it is definitely, you got to learn to create a thick skin and at the mm. same time, um, just keep going, right? Just keep going. So that's amazing, man. So it's just not all about challenges, right? It's also about the benefits. What are some of the things that you've noticed now as a stay-at-home dad that you're like, oh, yes, man, I wouldn't, nah, I wouldn't change this for the world. I have never been closer to my kids. Mm. Um, that, that's the first one. Um I was working in a psychiatric facility for a while. I was a manager and it was a very rewarding job, but it was incredibly stressful. The hours were long and that was the most disconnected I had felt from my kids. I have a five-year-old and a three-year-old and I've been pretty involved in their lives throughout. I've had some jobs that have allowed me to work from home, not as an entrepreneur, but I was working from home and things like that. And it was a, like I said, it was a great job, but man, it just kept me home or away from home and I felt so disconnected. And so one of the cool things is, you know, I get to get my son on the bus for school when he goes to school, you know, just little simple things like that, that to them are just huge, mm -hmm. but I was missing out on it for a while. And I didn't realize how much that was impacting me, not just as a dad, but as a person, mm -hmm. you know, I just, I wasn't running on top of my game either and all around. And so I think one of the biggest things is I just, I feel so much more connected to my kids and my wife and, you know, even though... I have to force myself to get out of the house for a while to take a break. Cause I mean, that's one, you know, one advantage of having a nine to five job is you get out of the house for a while, but it, it's been awesome just, and it's 
you know, I know my kids are going to in 20 years, look back and go like, Hey, do you remember when we got to spend a lot of time with dad? And, you know, we, we've got a son that's got some disabilities that I've been able to kind of help him with, you know, as he tries to navigate school and things like that. And so it's just been really rewarding in that way. I hear, I hear. What kind of disabilities are we talking about? If I may ask. Uh, we're, we're still in the process of getting testing and things like mm. that. We do know for sure some learning disabilities. There's been some yeah. language, uh, like processing, communication, and things like that. So, mm. yeah, yeah. So you're still working through that. That's still working through that. it. That, that's the awesome thing, right? As you you said, you you're right there. So you mm -hmm. get to spend all that time with him and spend some extra time um, to 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 make sure that you know it doesn't it doesn't become as worse as people think, right? Because you exactly. just there, you're just helping him. At a certain point, you're not even going to call it a disability anymore. It's just you know what it is. And we're just working on it to prove right. it so nobody, you know, especially him, doesn't see it as a disability, right? That's exactly. Awesome, man. Great to hear that. So, um, Andrew, share a little bit about you. Share a little bit about your background. Uh, we already know you got a five-year-old boy, right? Mm -hmm. And a three-year-old girl. And a three-year-old girl. Man, you're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> One I don't the same age, but I got two boys and I was aiming for the girl. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, we, we lucked out. We got one of each, and we were like, done, good, perfect. <laughs> um, excellent, excellent. So share, share, yeah, as I said, share with us your background story. Uh, I'm going to show it for the people. This is the website, right? Yes. So this is the website. The company that we started is the Life Empowerment Organization. I actually run it with my wife. Um, so it's pretty, it's pretty fun. We co-founded it together. We both just... You know, it looks at three different areas of life, the relationship we have with ourselves, the relationship we have with our partners, and then using parenting skills, the relationships we have with our kids. Um, so I've I've got an extensive background in like mental health and human services. I'm a marriage and family therapist and things like that. I've I've been a preschool teacher, a family case manager, a parent facilitator of curriculum, you know. So I've done a lot of different things and one thing i just kind of noticed when i was trying to help parents is everybody wants to change their kids behavior but they don't want to look at their own you know, kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> and so we, we've kind of drawn on some of my background and some of her experiences and stuff and pulled this together to really focus on what are we doing as parents or as human beings or as partners to figure out how can we navigate through life hmm. so it, and it's it's not an easy thing like um, a few of the parents I've worked with are like, man, this is hard. You know, this is tough. And it's like, well, if parenting's easy, something may be up, you know, I mean, there's a lot of fun. There's a lot of good things, but if you're like just breezing through it on a day by day basis, it might be time to kind of look back and go, what am I doing? You know, kind of thing. Cause I don't know about you, my, my five and three, they, they give me a run for it some days. It's just like, Oh my gosh, I am so done. I, I don't know what to do. My wife gets home from work and I'm like, it's your turn. I'm done. I'll be downstairs for a few minutes, you know, kind of thing, yeah. you know? And, and so, so it's really focused on ourselves and getting to know ourselves, our strengths and what we need to do. Absolutely. Man. I hear you on that one. Yeah. Sometimes I run to my wife. Oh, I'm so happy you're home. <laughs> you're the best MVP. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to walk the dogs. Be back in like five hours. See you. <laughs> yeah. uh, walk the dog man. for five hours. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man, I definitely hear where you're coming from. Um, I don't know about you, but especially the second one, my, my, my boy now is also three. 
<laughs> my wife just called me. I'm, I'm with my parents at the moment. I actually got four days off from relaxation time. I'm with my parents. And I didn't take the kids with me this time. <laughs> but she called us on WhatsApp. And the youngest one, he just didn't stop talking. <laughs> the phone came on. She turned it. We, we said goodbye. Turned it off. And then she sent me another message of him just talking. Can I go again? <laughs> yeah. Dude, did he ever stop? Where's the off button on this kid? Right? Yeah, our our three year old we call a three nature. She already acts like she's sixteen. And <laughs> oh, yeah, I've seen that as well. That's crazy. But yeah, that's is that is it possible? That that's a real thing. I don't know. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know it, it, it could yeah. be. I, I've got a couple of nieces that have done the same thing. You know, we we definitely don't try to discourage that autonomy and that independence. But mm -hmm. man, does it butt heads with us sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, I can understand that. I saw that in the in the pet in the in the veter in the vet in the veterinarian. Um, there was a four-year-old girl, and she said, wow, she had, a, she had a mouth. It was holy smoke. She was really like what you said, like independent. You know, mm -hmm. saying what she was. And I was like, oh wow. Yeah. Maybe I'm yeah, happy. We, <laughs> we, we walked into her room the other day and she had climbed up these bins in her closet, had gone all the way to the top shelf and grabbed a toy that she wanted. And I was like, like, you shouldn't be doing this. But at the same time, I'm like, wow, like, right yeah, on. Right, like, right? That's so cool. <laughs> like, should yeah. I be cheering this on or should I be discouraging it? Like, I don't know, but it's cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I have that sometimes as well, where, you know, they make they make their own breakfast, right? Yeah. <laughs> However, it wasn't healthy at all. <laughs> so you're like, all right, mm, I can be happy. He made his breakfast by himself. However, all right, just let it go. <laughs> yeah, it's not worth it. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Uh, you don't want to discourage them from trying something. True. You know, because then later when you're like, hey, let's learn to make your own breakfast. And they're like, well, I remember two years ago when you let me have it for making my own breakfast. So I don't think I'm going down that road again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it's it's a tough balance. No, that's true. And I was thinking, look, if we have it in the house, they should be able to eat it. And I shouldn't get upset about it. It's right. just like, if I don't like him to eat it in the morning, then I shouldn't have it in the house. So that's fair. Yeah. All right. So I like that, man. I got a lot to talk about. A lot of questions. Sounds uh, good. So relationships with self, partner, and kids, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think all three are so important, but especially the self. So let's mm -hmm. start with that one because That's I cool. actually just, I just wrote a post about that uh, last week. And I was mentioning, like, look, it, it's, it's for a reason that in the airplane they tell you to put on your own mask first and take care and make sure that you are yeah. – you know, you're yourself you're done right so you can't take care of others if you haven't taken care of yourself exactly exactly so share with us a little bit man because you, you've done this for a while you've coached uh, a lot of people on this share with us man what, what are some of the things that you've noticed that um and let's keep it at our home right what, what fathers aren't doing what they should definitely do or, or research or whatever it is to make sure that they are taking care of themselves right yeah, um, I, I think a pretty common theme I've seen when working with dads is, you know, we provide a lot, not just not just money, you know, we put a lot of effort in, we sacrifice time and things like that. And both parents do, mom does as well. But, you know, I think as dads, we, we tend to neglect ourselves because we're so mm -hmm. focused on taking care of everybody else. 
And it's almost become selfish to take care of yourself. Like it almost mm -hmm. feels that way. Like if I'm taking some time to go walk the dog for five hours <laughs> or whatever it was you said, yeah, right? yeah. you know, but even, even just, you know what, Hey, I need 30 minutes to go work in the garage or whatever. We almost feel guilty about it. Cause it's like, well, that's 30 minutes I should be spending with my kids or my partner or whatever. Mm -hmm. And the, the problem is we only have so much to give if we're not refilling. You know, I, there, there's kind of this cool graphic I've seen going around. I don't know if you've seen it. It's like a statue of this dad who's like full of holes. And then the kids ah, yeah. up those holes, yeah, you know, yeah. kind of thing. And, and I really like that. It's a really powerful image. But at the same time, if we're not refilling ourselves back up, at some point, we're not going to have anything left to give. And when our children truly need it, we won't have it. Mm -hmm. You know, and so it's not uncommon for me when I'm working with dads to see dads getting really upset at home really fast. Like they just, patience is a big one. Like I just, I have no patience. Everything just ticks me off. Every, you know, my kid screams too loud and I snap, you know, and things like that. And that's indicating like you haven't met your needs yourself. Like you're not taking care of yourself. You're not recharging your battery, right? It's just like a cell phone. We all have them. Well, if you let your phone run for four days or however long batteries last these days, but you, you don't back in and then you're out driving in a place you've never been, you're like, oh, I need my GPS, but your phone's dead and you don't have a charger. Like it's done. Like it can no longer give you anything. Mm -hmm. It's the same way as a dad with our kids. If we have let ourselves run for so long, we're not going to have anything to give back to our kids. And then we start feeling guilty about it. We start feeling like we're not fulfilling our roles as dads. We're not, you know, even work can get affected. Every part of our life gets affected. And so it, one of the big things is really working with dads to help them notice it's not selfish to take care mm -hmm. of yourself. That is not a selfish thing. Now, if that's all you're doing, like 23 hours out of the day, seven days a week, yeah, now you're in the selfish territory, <laughs> you know, but if you are taking time to recharge your battery, to get yourself going again, there's nothing wrong with that because you're going to be a better dad for that. And then mm -hmm. the kids are going to learn, oh, it's important to take care of myself and make sure I'm good too. Because look at what dad's done or look at what mom's done or whoever, you know, whatever parent, mm -hmm. you know? So I think that's been one of the biggest is helping dads recognize it's okay to take that time. You need to have hobbies. You need to have individual goals or dreams you know and that it's okay to go for them now if it is coming at the expense of your child yeah then you need to kind of reevaluate that a little bit but there still is nothing wrong with taking care of yourself mm -hmm. so no absolutely agree there now i was actually going to ask like what, what are some of the things that or how can someone find out because i can also understand at one point i wasn't taking care of myself and i was just like lost and then somebody said like dude you got to fill up your own cup and i was so lost i was like with what? How, <laughs> right. What, what am I filling it with? Right? How am I, yeah, exactly. So what are some of the things that you've noticed? It's like, or how, how does one go on the discovery of finding out, okay, what is it that I need to really fill myself up? And how long does it usually take? Are we talking about an hour a day, two hours, three hours? Or does that completely differ for each? Right. Um, from, from what I found, it definitely differs for each dad and, and what's important to them, right? Because for some of us, you know, time alone will be really important. For others, time with friends is going to be really important, you know, different things like that. But I, I think one of the first things I tend to do is 
what are you doing now that's taking care of yourself or not? Because sometimes what we need to highlight first is the things that are not taking care of ourselves, but we're still doing regularly. Like, well, I have no time, but I am watching Netflix, Netflix for three hours a night. Okay, well, now we just found a little area of time that we can carve out, you know, and, and, and we all do it. You know, we all do it. It's a busy world. We're stressed. Nighttime comes and I'm just like, I'm done, you know, kind of thing. But really looking at our time, how are we spending our time now? Mm-hmm. Because one of the first obstacles that's going to come up is, well, I have no time. True. You know, and, and I had a mentor once tell me, if you're saying I don't have time, it means it's not a priority mm-hmm. because we all have time. We, we all can find the time if we truly sit down and look at it. And at first I was probably like most people like, oh, that's rude. Like, that's not true. And then you look down at your day and you're like, wait a second. It really kind of is true. Like I really could find an hour or whatever, you know? So I, I try to hit the obstacles first. Like what are those? This is why I can't do it first. Mm-hmm. Just so that's not even in play. Like, well, I don't have time. Oh wait, yes I do. And this is when I can do it. And sometimes you have to schedule it and some people feel that's superficial, but you know what? If it gets it in your day and helps you recharge, I'll take it, right? I mean, I'd rather know that, okay, Wednesday at 5 p.m., I'm going to go walk around the lake, you know, next to our house or whatever. I wish I lived by a lake, by the way. I don't, (laughs) you know. So that's kind of the first thing I'll do is kind of figure out what's the obstacles, what's getting in the way, and what are maybe some things that you're doing that are not helping that can actually be draining your battery faster. Because, you know, sitting down and watching Netflix for three hours a day, without doing anything else that really can drain your battery. And then I'll ask, you know, when you were younger or now, like if you time money and stuff was no concern, what would you do? You know, or what hobbies have you wanted to pursue? Do you want to exercise more? Do you want to eat better? Do you want to paint? Do you want to build something? You know, it it doesn't take like, well, I want to fly across the world. Okay. You can work towards that, you know, but what have, I, I worked with a guy, he, he always wanted to do woodworking. Mm. I understand woodworking. I don't get it. The tools are cool, but you know, I just, I don't have the patience, but he's like, you know, I've always wanted to get into woodworking and his, his grandpa or somebody had left some like old fashioned, like chisels and stuff for him. Oh, nice. And he's like, they've just been sitting in a box. He's like, they're just up in the attic with, you know, cobwebs and stuff. So he started twice a week taking that down and working and he built or you know like chiseled out some really cool things well now people are like will you make me something (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. he's like actually turned it into like a little side job you know and he's making sure it's still a passion to him and not becoming a drain Mm -hmm. for him as well because that's sometimes what we got to watch like maybe the gym's builds you up but then you're now going to the gym four hours a day so now it's no you know kind of thing balance right Mm -hmm. but you know finding those little things of what would make me feel better exercise is kind of a common one that comes up but it can be anything man painting running fishing i love to fish i wish (laughs) i wish i got to fish more (laughs) that makes sense though yeah 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 yeah. i definitely appreciate that so let me ask you the next thing, because you mentioned relationship with self, partner, and, and, and kids. Now, um, I, I, I see it a lot where 
their relationship gets conflicted and I ask what's going on or you know what are your values and they always say the same thing my kids come first right I said the same thing um, a, a year ago like oh my kids come first and then I was like wait a minute my relationship is actually like mm, not going so perfect they have to, you're putting your kids first the whole time you're spending all your time you focus on that and you're missing out on what's most important and that's your wife right, right. so what's your what's your view on that? And that's the next one that we go into then. What's my view? Uh, yeah, it always kind of throws couples off, like when I've been in therapy with them or kind of working with them in more of kind of this capacity. Because I'm with you. It's actually you and your partner are the priority. Mm. Because if your relationship is not working, your parenting is going to crumble. And your kids are going to feel it, you know, and mm. your kids are going to see it. And our kids are learning about relationships through our relationship, right? Mm -hmm. It's kind of building that map in their head of, oh, so this is what you should do. So if you're neglecting each other, it's like, oh, well, I could tell that was important to dad, but he didn't bring it up. So whenever something's important to me with my future partner, I, I won't bring it up. Because, you know, it's not, ex it's not exactly what they're consciously recognizing, but they are building that, you know, which is why we do things like our parents did. And we're like, oh, what am I doing? <laughs> you know, yeah. kind of thing. But absolutely, if if you and your partner are not strong, it's going to tumble all the way down, you know. And, and and the hard part is making our partners and ourselves a priority is hard because especially when kids are younger, they're so needy and they should be right. They don't know what to do yet. They can't feed themselves. They can't put themselves to bed, you know. As they get older and they get more, you know, experienced and things, they can do stuff. But they take a lot of time. Mm -hmm. So what typically has to happen is the couple needs to figure out, okay, so we know we've got limited time. We know we've got limited resources for us, but how do we maximize it? Mm -hmm. Because even just simple little connections throughout the day are so much more important than like the big grand gesture. You know, I, I had a couple once that they were awesome. They, and they have said, please share this idea with other couples and stuff. They have a whiteboard in their room because they go to work at different times. Mm -hmm. And so the goal is they have to write one thing they're grateful for about their partner each day on this whiteboard. And it cannot be the same thing. Like they can, they can't repeat and it has to be specific, you know, and, and they have said that was huge in transforming their relationship because instead of those times where we feel neglected and our, our tank's running low and it's like, my partner never does this. My partner never does that. Look, mm -hmm. they put the dishes away wrong. Look, they didn't. And then there's this message that says, I'm so grateful for the sacrifice you made of going to get our kid from soccer practice, even though you had a meeting right afterwards. You know, things mm -hmm. like that. It changes our mind. We start looking at our partner and grateful for what they do, even with everything that's going on. So we look for those little times to connect rather than why we're disconnected mm -hmm. because we can focus all day long on why we're disconnected, but what does it do for us? Nothing. Right? It just keeps us disconnected. Mm -hmm. So absolutely. I'm, I'm with you on that one. We've got to keep our partners and us close. We've, it sounds selfish again, that like, well, we got to be the priority, but we're not going to take care of our kids very well if we're feeling neglected and we're going right back to where we were. If, if my tank's not full, I've got nothing to give. Yeah. Well, when we're in a relationship, we've got to give to them and feel it in return. And that's going to impact the parenting too. Yeah. 
No, I would you mention it. It impacts the it impacts the kids a lot, right? It's the difference between having two parents that are happy and snuggling with each other and, and supporting each other, making sure that everything works, than having two parents walking around fighting, arguing, groping. Um, yeah, it makes makes all the difference, absolutely. So in regards to the kids, um, you know, we, we both have uh, our kids are both the same age. What are some of the things that you do to make sure that you um, connect with them? Yeah, um, one, of, one of the first things I try to do is enter their world, not make them enter mine. Mm. You know, I one of the things I love to talk about is you, you've got to have one-on-one -on -one time as much, you know, if you can't do it daily, you've got to find a way to make it a priority because where you do have, like, you've got two, is that what you said, or three? Caramel? No, two, just like you. Two, two oh, just yeah. like me, right? Yeah. They will still compete for your time. And we don't want our kids to learn that they have to compete for our time, right? Mm. Sometimes the reason kids don't get along and they fight with each other is because, well, it got mom or dad over here, <laughs> you know? Like, in a way, they're working together to get mom and dad there, even though they're not getting along. But then when you're with them, you got to enter their world. I've, I worked with a dad who, <clears throat> excuse me, he was like, hey, I want to build my relationship up with my son. And he, he was kind of that like stereotypical big football player in high school. I want to lift weights. I want to pull a car and I want to blow stuff up, you know, kind of guy. And his son was not. He loved art. He loved music. He mm. loved to go to plays, you know, and things like that. And so for a couple of weeks, the dad was trying to play catch with him and to do these things. And the dad was like, this is great. And the son's like, uh -uh. <laughs> I don't like this. And so then the dad was like, why isn't this working? I'm trying to spend one-on-one -on -one time. And I was like, well, you're not speaking his language. We're, you're trying to put your world into his, enter his world. Um, you know, and wow. Suddenly I just had a loud ding in my ear, but you know, um, <laughs> you know, our kids like interesting, strange, weird things. Um, my son loves anything from dragons to vacuums to, I don't know, dinosaurs and dirt and worms. My daughter loves butterflies and dolls and trucks and, you know, but if I go, you know what, no, we're going to throw all that out the window and instead we're going to play guitar, you know, and they're like, oh, oh I hate guitar. Hmm. It's not going to do anything for them. Like that doesn't build connection. Yeah, we've got time, but it's not quality time. You know, so that's the big thing. We got to enter their world and it's not always comfortable as a parent. I can only take so much Doc McStuffins. I'm yeah. just saying I can only take so much, you know, but it's important to them. Hmm. And if I show them that, if it's important to them, it's important to me. That's powerful to them. It means what they like matters rather than me coming in saying, mm -mm, that's not what you should like. You should like this. Sam. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. I, I, I love Legos and my, my oldest and my youngest kind as well. They, they play with it, but they love their super things. I don't know if they have them in the States. It's like these plastic little dolls and uh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> They look really weird. Uh, <laughs> he plays with them every single day. Um, so I, I kind of play with him, but I'm kind of like, dude, what is, cause he's just like, <laughs> I'm like dude, how can we play like that? I can't. Uh, right. So sometimes, yeah, it's definitely a challenge, but yeah, I, I definitely hear what you're saying, man. 
I actually got to step up my game on that part. <laughs> I think I we all could step up our game on that part. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's not easy, absolutely. Um, but luckily for me, they like martial arts as well. They practice karate. I practice Muay Thai, so we're both in the martial arts world, so that's that's nice. But yeah, man, that's a, that's a good one. They love drawing, and I'm not that big of a fan, but I like to, like, hey, go on, let's get the painting stuff out and do some drawing and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, thanks for pointing that out. I got to step it up and play more with them with their super sinks, even though they're absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, man, so what about, because this is always a big thing as well, right? What, what if the kids do something that they're not supposed to do, right? <clears throat> what if we go into the area of disciplining our kids? What's, what's your philosophy on that? What's your strategy on that? Um, yeah. Yeah, discipline is obviously whenever I have parents come in, I mean, that's that's the first question. My kid is out of control. How do I rein them back in, you know, kind of thing? Or what do I do? And and so I this is gonna shock you. I always start with the relationship first, you know, because we could have the greatest parenting technique that's ever been developed, foolproof, fantastic, but if that relationship's not there, it's not gonna matter. Mm -hmm. You know. Think about like somebody that you trust and respect so much. Uh, if they were to give you some feedback, you'd be like, oh man, that, that, but I needed to hear it. And yeah, I'll follow through with that. It's not because they were some stranger off the street. Mm -hmm. We have a deep relationship with them. We're connected with them. They, we trust them. We respect what they have to say with us, you know, about us. And so I always start with the relationship first, because if that's not strong, it's really not going to matter what you're throwing at them in terms, not like literally, <laughs> don't literally throw things. That is not what I'm saying, <laughs> you know, but it doesn't matter what kind of strategies you're going to use. If that relationship is weak, it's just going to be weak. And so we've developed two different kind of things to, to keep that in mind. The first for the relationship building is we do what's called the relational bank account, where we just kind of compare it to a checking account. Mm -hmm. So the higher your balance is, you know, the more you can do, right? So if you want to go to, I, I don't know what a movie costs to go to the movie theater where you're at, but I mean, if we were to take my wife and two kids and get like candy and popcorn, like, we're somewhere between 70 and a hundred bucks and that's a lot of money for a movie, you know, mm. and, and things like that. Well, if we have, this would be fantastic. If we had $150,000 in our checking account, that's nothing. There's no stress over it. Nothing. If we have $80 in our checking account and this is what we're going to go do now we're stressing right now. It's like, I don't know if we should do this. Our relationship with our kids is the same way. If we have to discipline, but the balance is really high, it's not going to take as much out and affect that relationship. Mm -hmm. But if that balance is low, so there's already some tension and some stress, some disconnect between us. And now I'm going to tell you to stop doing what you're doing, which every human being loves to be told, stop doing that, right? Everybody loves that, <laughs> you know, but the relationship is tense. Well, I'm just adding to the stress now. Mm -hmm. and we're getting further away and the hard part is we can actually encourage more of that misbehavior because now it's like screw it you know i'll just keep going mm -hmm. so that that's why the relationship is where we start building it up and things like that however that doesn't mean we're going to let the kid get away with everything just so that's clear we're, we're not permissive in that way you know 
when expectations are in the home and are not being met or behaviors are potentially hurtful or harmful to others or themselves, you know, we're going to intervene. And there are going to be times that you have to take that withdrawal from your account, no matter what mm -hmm. it's got to happen, you know, but to kind of look at discipline styles, we've come up with what we call the caps framework. It's kind of like four questions to ask yourself. If you can answer yes to all four, you're probably in pretty good territory. So caps means the first is clear. Um, are the expectations in the home clear? I don't know about you, but I don't like to get in trouble for rules I didn't know existed. Mm -hmm. I hate that. It just drives me crazy. Like, well, if I would have known better, of course I would have done better. But now not only am I getting pointed out I did something wrong, I'm also getting, you know, in trouble for it too. So that's kind of where that clear comes in. And also what's going to happen because of it, right? So I had a, a family I worked with. They were having trouble getting their kid home on time for curfew. And so the rule then became, if you're not home by, I think it was like 11 or something like that. And you walk in at 11.03 and you haven't contacted us as to maybe why you're going to be late. The keys are ours. Like that was the expectation. Mm. But if you come in before 11, we don't even have to talk about the keys. They're yours, you know, that kind of thing. So is it clear? Uh, and then the A is applicable, is what we're trying to do applicable to what happened. When I taught in the jails, they like to say, oh, the punishment fits the crime. I don't really like to say that with my kids, but yes, that concept, right? Does, does it fit? So if the kid drew on the wall and now I'm having them go clean my entire garage, which is going to take four days because it's just a nightmare in there, it doesn't fit, you know, whereas cleaning the wall fits. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah. And then the P is practical. Can I follow through with it? Mm. Right. If I, like if you were in my home and I'm like, dude, you're now grounded for a year. I'm not enforcing that. I can't do that for a year. And if I do, I just made my life suck. <laughs> you know, and you're, you're going to be like, oh, I'm home for a year. <laughs> you're going to enjoy this. You know? <laughs> so, so can I follow through with it? And then the S is steady. Can I do it every time? Right. So trust and respect in relationships is built up positive experiences over time. Are you going to do what you say you're going to do? As weird as it is, research has shown over and over kids want that predictability. Even if they know they're going to get in trouble for what they do, they want to know, will you follow through with it? Mm -hmm. Right. So you told me you would take my keys. Yes, I'm still going to fight you on taking my keys because those are my keys. But if you don't follow through on it, like you just kind of let me down mm -hmm. because you didn't say what you were going to do. So now when I'm going to come to you because, you know, somebody just offered me some drugs or, Hey, there's this kid that I kind of want to have sex with or whatever. I'm not going to go to you because you've just shown me over time. I can't follow through with that. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's the cap. So running it through that, can I answer yes to all that? You know, we do hold children to expectations. I'm, I'm big on, what what's the lesson that can be learned so you drew on the wall right i'd rather my kid draw on the wall at three than go graffiti a train car at 15 you know kind of thing so at home you're gonna clean it up and then we're gonna talk about why why would we not do that where do we draw on that where right so you had a marker because what kid right <laughs> i saw in a, a post the other day that it was a Sharpie lid. And it's like, if you find a Sharpie lid as a parent, you panic, you know, cause it's like, where's the marker, <laughs> you know, it's normal. 
but then what are we teaching them about appropriate use and okay so you had a sharpie now you need to clean up the mess and this is where you can use it you know things like that uh, it, it's tough it's tough i'm not gonna lie discipline stuff man I, I teach this stuff and there's still times my kids do stuff and i'm just like i don't know what to do man <laughs> i don't know what to do and and that's one area where my wife and i've been she's really been good at teaching me too like if you don't know what to do in that situation don't do anything Pull yourself centered first, you know, get yourself to a better place. And, and that's kind of where when we work with parents, we bring it back to the parent. Where are you at? Are you so mad that you're going to hit it too hard for what the situation actually needs? Because if that's the case, step back. Mm -hmm. The kid's going to remember what they did, right? I mean, they will. So we can still address. I mean, don't wait two weeks and then come back and be like, hey, remember that time you drew on the wall? You know, don't do that. You know, but if you're in such a place where, you know, maybe you haven't taken care of yourself again, right? Or you're just impatient, you're upset, you're stressed, and you're like, I'm about to snap because my kid forgot to put his socks in the hamper. Yeah. Like, how big of a withdrawal am I going to take from the relationship because I'm mad? Mm -hmm. Is it worth, you know, is it worth that? And so that's kind of, I think, the big part when it comes to discipline, too, is where am I at when I'm getting ready to do this? If I'm going to come at it from a place of power, like I'm the dad and you better do this. Mm -hmm. right? The funny thing is when I've worked with dads, I kind of ask them, what kind of boss do you like? You know, I, I put out a post the other day that was something along the lines of, are you the type of leader for your children that you would want to follow? Mm-hmm. Because typically what we see is like we're kind of micromanagers and it's easy to follow into as a as a parent. It's easy to fall into that. But we're like the type of leader we wouldn't want to follow. Mm -hmm. Like we have those kind of bosses. We're like, oh, that person's a jerk. I don't want to do this. I don't want to be called into the office just because I did something, you know, that kind of thing. But then we kind of do the same thing. And so our approach is let's not do that. Mm -hmm. Let's be the type of leader we would want to follow. You know, I, if I had done something wrong at work, I would want my boss to go, why don't you tell me what you saw happening and, you know, what you did? Give me that chance to clarify. Well, maybe I didn't do that report because I just totally forgot. Or maybe it was I, I got this part done and it took way longer than I expected it to. And I just didn't get to part D or whatever, you know, as quickly as I should have. Our kids want the same thing. And so when we're able to give them that space or we calm down enough to where we're like, okay, now we can talk, you know, and when it comes to that, that relational bank account, I don't know about you. There are just days where you're just like in a flow with your kids. Have you ever noticed that? You're just like, man, things are going so good. We're not misbehaving. Or even if we are like, we're just breezing right through it. Like, it's not a big deal. We're having fun. Well, that's when that connection's good, right? Things are going well, we're following through. It's when it starts getting more tense and it feels like, man, all I'm doing is disciplining. That's all I'm doing. We really need to look at where's our relationship at? Like, are we, are we in the negative at this point? Like, are we, you know, lots of fees and stuff? And so that kid is just like, uh-uh, I'm done. Because <laughs> they will. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but I have, <laughs> you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we had last year some issues with our youngest one. He's going bananas, hitting everybody, punching everybody, biting even. He 
bit one kid in the in the back <laughs> in the shoulder blade. Um, and first, I just didn't know how to deal with it, right? I just yelled at him when he hit his brother again or beat him again or, or slapped him on the ass at one point. Like, okay, that, that yelling apart is not working. Let's try slapping because maybe he understands that you don't hit somebody because it hurts. That didn't work. And then I flipped it because I heard from somebody saying, like, look, what you said, right? The relationship's got to be good. And I started giving him hugs and just little by little. Mm-hmm. Now they still fight a little bit, but, you know, they're brothers. So, you know, what you going to do, right? <laughs> <laughs> but at least at school, it's all like I ask every – I the first week when he went to school, I was asking every day. Say, hey, how's it going? <laughs> you know, right. are we cool? Are we good? Like, wow, you really changed over the summer. I'm like, oh, yes. Yes. Both, both for daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, at first you're like, dude, how, how am I going to solve this? So, yeah, I appreciate that, man. But w- one question towards that, what if the parents have each of them have a complete different parenting style? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, never <laughs> that never happens. That never happens. What you typically see is if one parent's a little more strict, the other one's a little more lenient, right? Yeah. <laughs> the more the strict one sees the lenient, they're like, oh, well, now I've really got to crank down because that parent's not. And so then the lenient parent's like, well, they're really cranking down, so I got to get even lit, right? And so then we get into this. And, and part of that, too, is usually when we come into this of, okay, we're going to make a kid or however, some parents, like, it was a, oh, okay, we're pregnant. <laughs> Oops, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Others plan for it. But we don't really examine where our parenting style came from we don't really you know the families we grew up in are huge you know we may want to do what they did or we may want to do the complete opposite you know my wife would tell you like my family is pretty blunt about problems we'll just talk about them her family they kind of try to avoid it and really not hurt each other's feeling you know and so there's been times where i'm like hey kids we've got a problem we need to sit down and talk about it and she's like but she's she's you know but a lot of that too is coming back to that relationship with you and your partner too the stronger you are there the more you can have this open dialogue it's no longer we're competitive as parents it's we're on the same team as parents you know i i love basketball i don't know if you do i love the nba Mm -hmm. i love that but those players are not the same player right Mm -hmm. everyone fulfills a different role so just because they're a different style of player doesn't mean they're wrong. It just means we got to figure out how to make these two different styles mesh. Mm-hmm. And what typically happens when the relationship is struggling, we start turning things into competition with one another. Mm-hmm. You're wrong. I'm right. You know, that kind of thing. And so instead of really looking back and going like, okay, hey, this situation happened. Like I saw you do this with our kid. I'm just curious, you know, I would have tried this. Let me know more about why you did that. What were you going for? Mm-hmm. And it's not this like, I'm interrogating you kind of, it, it's genuine. Like I'm trying to figure out what you're doing because I think a lot of the times too, we make assumptions that we know what the partner's doing, mm-hmm. but we don't actually, it's, it's our views. And then we're like, well, I believe that's probably true. Mm-hmm. Who knows? You know, I've worked with um, some parents that 
they were totally cool with, you know, like spanking and things like that. And their partner was not well, come to find out, you know, that partner had gone through some stuff when they were a kid and they're like, I promised myself I would never do this. Mm -hmm. So they weren't weak as like their partner was thinking they were just, I want to find a different way, but because that communication channel got shut off, mm -hmm. there was no discussing it. Yeah. And so they got into that power struggle dynamic with each other. So whenever I work with two parents that are, you know, coming with different styles, which we all have different styles, every one of us, nobody has the same parenting style. We may have the same goals, the same ideas, but how we get there is going to be very different. And I, I don't know about you, but I'm not the same dad I was two years ago. Mm -hmm, true. I've grown, I've changed, I've adapted. There's been times where I'm afterwards, I'm like, oh, wow, what was I thinking on that one? Or other times like, hey, I'll try that again, because that seemed to work really well. And then the next time it did not go as well, you know, like <laughs> every time is so situational and so unique. Mm -hmm. So if, if we think like, this is it, this is my style and that's all I'm doing, we are so holding ourselves back. There is so much to learn and we have to continually learn and grow or our kids struggle and our relationship with our partners struggle. You know, so we, we've got to open up that communication and they're not easy conversations. I will throw that out there. If you have a differing parenting style than your partner, it may not be an easy conversation because they're probably going to think you're coming after them a little bit. Mm -hmm. But as long as we've got that, again, same with our partner, that relationship is strong. It's feeling connected. Then we can kind of say, hey, we need to do as a team better how can I do better, right? I always like to say, can we throw it on ourselves first to mm -hmm. open up that safety of now we can talk about this. But if we're just assuming we know why our partner's doing what they're doing and we're upset about it, we gripe about it, we're just gonna make it worse. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, We're just gonna push them further in that direction. We're stepping out and it's not helpful whatsoever. So just starting with that discussion of why do you do what you do? what is it that we're going for as a team, you know, establishing those parenting goals as a team, like what is it we want and how are we going to accomplish it? Exactly. exactly. Awesome, man. I love it. Man, we went over 45 minutes already. Biggest oh my gosh. That went fast. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I know. Biggest takeaway I got from all this is just make sure that all your relationships are on point. The one with yourself, yeah. the one with your partner and the one with your kids and then take yeah. it from there. I love that. So I'm definitely going to keep that in my mind. Um, Andrew, thank you so much for being on. Really appreciate it. Everybody else, thank you for having been here, uh, whether that's live right now or replay or on YouTube. Well, actually, we're live on YouTube at the same time as well now, thanks to StreamYard. Um, but later on, this will go on the podcast. So if you're listening to this on the podcast, you know, um, I'm just going to say it real quick. Yeah, check out um, Andrew's website right here. Um, Andrew, how else can people stay in contact with you ask you some more questions if they they have any yeah um you can look up our facebook page life empowerment organization we're on there um the website again empoweringthejourney.com we have a twitter i'm not gonna lie i'm still learning twitter so i wouldn't go there yet <laughs> you know kind of thing. facebook or our website's probably the fastest way i'm gonna get back to you our website also has you can uh, email connect at empoweringthejourney.com and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. So those are the easiest ways. Great. I also put the YouTube channel in there. Uh, I yeah. saw that's something that you're building out as well. So that link is in there. So all the links are in the description. 
So check it out and make sure always to show some love, subscribe, like, um, whatever is necessary, right? Again, Andrew, thank you so much for taking the time for being on. Really enjoyed it. Everybody else, thanks. And we'll see each other again next week during another live. Take care. Bye-bye. Yeah.